It's another Sunday night in comedy, and tonight we're checking in with two stand-ups who created Toronto's first ever official comedy festival, with 64 of the city's top comics taking over the six for three hilarious days. And road warrior Ryan Horwood joins us on the panel to talk club life and how Canadian comics really did take over the industry. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. I was running through the six with my woes. Welcome to Inside yeah. Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I was running through the six with my woes. You know how that shit go. jokes baby right here on 640 toronto and of course streaming coast to coast all across the nation on the global news radio network brought to you of course by our very good friends at hakeem optical helping you see into the future more clearly not that you would want to it's scary times out there but of course we have vince tedesco on our producer on the line vince we've been kind of teeing this up for a while ever since we kicked off the new year here festival season around the corner festival season around the corner Finally, it is. Summertime's just just coming up. Festival season is around the corner. And tonight, Vince, we are actually talking. I, I'm kind of shocked that this has never happened before. Uh, but we have a couple of comics who have now launched this month in Toronto, Toronto's first ever comedy festival, which, again, considering this is the hub in Canada, the fact that we've never had a completely Toronto-centric comedy festival happen in this city, completely independently produced, all local comics, uh, 64 stand-ups taking over three stages or multiple stages over three days. Like this thing's massive. I'm kind of surprised this has never happened before, Vince. I know this is great. Now this is stand-up, strictly stand-up festival. Uh, you're just for laughs and all that stuff are great, but this is Toronto born and bred. So shout out to all these comics that are on the panel. And uh, just one thing about Hakeem Optical. Uh, I hope you guys make, uh, what is it? Um, uh radiation sunglasses <laughs> summer is in the air it's beautiful weather. oh you were going oh. summer with that yes i went to the bad place i was thinking nuclear fallout but anyways okay oh yeah we uh, got two, two, two for two you know you can do we're two for two because we really don't know what's gonna happen this summer <laughs> we're finally out of lockdowns but uh you know other stuff um get really shades and get your ocular bipolar <laughs> sunglasses there as when well you're too. when you're foraging for twinkies in the oncoming nuclear winter make sure you have your hakeem opticals on uh but really i mean summertime is coming you know we were talking about how last year of course the festivals that did happen everything went largely digital for the most part because most of the country was locked down so not only is it good to see the festival season coming back and reopening but again something of this size and scope completely built by comedians themselves and on that note Vince we also have some other comics on the panel who not just for this festival but are also joining us just to chime in on sort of how the Toronto stand-up landscape has has evolved and changed even before the pandemic I mean really in the last few years this city has changed there's new clubs there's new spaces there's a new wave of comics that we're seeing on festival tickets on network television uh so really the landscape has changed quite a bit and now obviously now that we're going fully back into everything What's that going to look like in Toronto? So we got a full house, full panel, all local comics right here on Inside Jokes. It's easy like walking, it's easy like walking, easy like walking, easy like walking. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and of course streaming coast to coast. 
Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network, brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you see the world around you more clearly. Not that that's a great idea right now. Watch literally anything but the news. It's a terrible world out there, but not here in Toronto. Not here in Toronto. Things are good here. Live comedy is back. We are lockdown lifted. Festival season is just around the corner, and we have a brand new festival taking over the city this month. I'm actually, I'm. We were talking about this before we kicked off the show. I'm kind of shocked that something like this has never happened in this city before. This is Canada's comedy hub, but the Toronto Comedy Festival is coming. 64 comics taking over stages for three days all over the city. All local acts, all the creme de la creme of Canadian comics working today. Uh, again, it's kind of crazy that nothing of this size and scope has ever been done before. And it's by comics. It's not like just an industry thing. Comics built this themselves. So anyways, we got a full panel tonight on the show. We're going to go around and kick it off. Garrett Jameson is joining us from apparently a, a barn in rural Manitoba. How are you, sir? Um, it's pretty good. It's, uh, it's a barn... I don't know, barnstorming or whatever they call it here in Verdon, Manitoba. Uh, yeah, it's great to be uh, hanging out in a barn talking to you guys. Uh, no city around. Uh, but I am looking forward to coming back to Toronto, obviously, for the uh, festival. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. How are you doing? We are great. I mean, it's nice to see everybody, you know, not in person in a studio because those are the simpler times but we'll get there eventually uh but we yeah we, there's a lot to get into i know you have a couple of the comics from this festival that you and patrick hakeem sort of co-founded together which again this is a huge undertaking multiple stages three days 64 comics and again it's you know we've had we have festivals in toronto but we have jfl 42 which is of course just an offshoot of montreal and sort of a more yeah like we don't have anything that's so, so unique to toronto and uh, this whole idea came up just before the pandemic uh, yes, we got the uh, website, torontocomedyfestival.com, which, by the way, you can go to and buy tickets. Uh, and then the pandemic hit. And so we kind of scrapped the idea for the first year. And then we're not sure if the second year we we're opening up. And then uh, things were kind of coming to an end, you could tell, around like the holiday season. Right. So then we decided to get uh, off our lazy uh, behinds and uh, start start putting this festival back together. Uh, and it's just it started out as like we had big ambitions and we wanted it to be massive, but this really isn't like a gigantic festival. Um, it's located at the comedy bar, nothing fancy. Uh, also uh, planet paradise, which is a pot friendly venue and uh, Don on the Danforth, which is kind of a theater venue. Uh, but yeah, when we wanted to put this together, we had more in mind the idea of like a celebration of yeah. comics coming back together. So that's why we booked a lot of our really good friends. Uh, and people that you kind of just enjoy being around who, I don't know, make comedy really worthwhile and doing comedy with your friends and buddies and smiling faces, people who make you laugh. Uh, so, yeah. So for the audience, it's great to come out and check it out. Uh, but you'll also see the comics having a great time uh, being madly in love with one another. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is sort of a perfect way to, you know, because it is really, you know, we're jumping into summer, we're jumping into what is traditionally, you know, festival season and all that stuff and showcase season. But I mean, it also, uh, yeah, you kind of hit it on the head there. It is a way to sort of come back together as a comedy scene and just sort of celebrate and get back to doing what you guys do, which has been at best shifty for the last couple of years. So it's sort of this way of just like blowing the doors open again and with it bringing in the audience to, to come take part in that. Adrian Fish is on the panel. How are you doing, Adrian Fish? Yeah. Fresh from Winnipeg also. 
yeah, I'm doing really good. Sunny days. I feel like summer's finally here, um, which is perfect. I'm stoked. Feeling good. I'm excited to be part of this festival. I, just like, you know, Garrett was saying, it's, it's filled with uh, Toronto's finest um, in terms of, you know, uh, both comics and also humans, you know, there's good humans on this festival. I'm excited to be a part of it. Which, by the way, I think it'll also be an interesting way to see just how much the sort of stand-up landscape in Toronto has changed. Because, I mean, a lot of the, some of these venues on this festival are, are places that have really only sprung up the last couple of years and have sort of become new hubs in comedy. Uh, the stages in this city have changed a lot. And so have the comics we're seeing headlining shows now and that we're seeing on network stuff. And we're seeing on festivals. So this will be a good chance to sort of regroup and go, well, okay, this is what the Toronto landscape looks like now. Things have evolved. And, of course... Another old friend of the show, Ali Hassan, is with us. How are you doing, buddy? Buddy, I'm great. Thank you for asking, and and thank you to Garrett Jameson and and Patrick Hakeem, who, by the way, you know, not enough credit goes to that guy who's going to leave his post to, to run a fa festival for a while. I was going to say, know? ironically, sponsored by Hakeem Optical, and Hakeem is nowhere to be seen. They're cross promoting <laughs> each other. Isn't it amazing? But yeah. Uh, all good. yeah. We it's thought glasses were enough, but no, comedy also. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. And you know what? I, I have to say this. Like, I don't think this city gets enough credit and gives itself enough credit. Of course, there's there are some of those people who give it too much credit, and we all know who those guys are, huh? No, I just, you know, any success I have is on the backs of the help I've gotten from people like... Ron Jossel and Dave Merhej and Frank Spadone over the years, like this city has been great for so long. And uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a great showcase of a city with a, a ton of talent and uh long time coming, as you said, and uh, it should be a wonderful, wonderful time. My big dilemma was, should I be on the ethnic show or the best of Toronto show? That kept me up for a few nights, you know? Well, you can do both. Cause now with the mustache, you just go on certain shows and say you're Chris Locke. The mustache. Oh my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, this is, uh, I got a role. I got a role as a disgruntled Pakistani uncle last season, and now I'm on the second season, so I had to grow it again. And uh, it is it. the most divisive yeah, thing. Yeah, so good. It's the most divisive thing I've ever put on my face, and I put some pretty awful stuff on my face. Can you face. just get, like, keep half of it? Yeah, that's and a so good you idea. Play, like, get two parts. Like, Keith that's Pedro, a, I'll tell my festival, wife. he just got his oh, neck yeah, tattooed. Oh, yeah, just the neck tattoo on one side of the neck. So yeah. then he looks good on this side, and then he's tattooed up on this one. Yeah. I think it's great, though, Ali, because, like, the only thing I really successfully grew during the last two years was my baby fat from uh, high school. I grew that back. That's about it. Last I was going to say you look younger. Well, <laughs> it's under there somewhere. I thought he was going to talk about his ding-dong. <laughs> it's a civilized show, huh? Let's keep That's it. That's in the post-show. That's in the wrap-up. Yeah. Uh, we, of course, have comedian Ryan Horwood, who, Ryan, you know, because we're not just talking about this fest today. That's a big part of the show. But I also, uh, you know, I wanted to sort of ch check in with everybody about how much the Toronto landscape has changed. I mean, when we come back from break, I mean, all of you are comics who came up, you know, in that era in Toronto when Comedy Bar was a brand new thing. It was just this sort of experimental little room in a basement. A lot of the, the heritage shows where so many people cut their teeth, a lot of those good cult shows, I mean, Spirits, The Underground, Texas Comedy Massacre, Mondays at the Rivoli, all that stuff's gone now. Not just because of the last two years, just Toronto <laughs> has changed. And now it is, you know, which is sad. Those were st those were stages where a lot of you really, I mean, sort of, you know, honed your material on and cut your teeth on and where comics would just flock together and hang out. 
Now Toronto looks a bit different, Ryan. Like now there's a lot, a lot of the clubs are sort of places that have sprung up in the last couple of years. And there's sort of a new generation of comics working in this city now. Well, if there's anything that I've done in comedy over the last 22 years is that I've been around. Uh, <laughs> so Canadian so, comics are nothing if not resilient. And, uh, just like Ali said, you know, we're, we're more family, I think, uh, than, than anything. And that's why I'm surprised that I'm just hearing about this festival. <laughs> Every family has its black sheep, Brian. Especially and, uh, when Garrett and I actually look like family members. You there's there's been times I've been brought up as Brian Horwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been brought up as Garrett Jameson. I actually auditioned as Garrett Jameson once for a commercial. I, uh, I, for the I, Toronto I, Comedy Fest. Yeah, I miss a lot of those stages. I think the one that I miss more than any is is probably Spirits. When I was a young oh, yeah. kid doing shows there meant a big deal, you know? Like, it, it was a different thing. It wasn't so much driven with social media, obviously, and stuff. So things like that meant more. So when I was 21, 22 years old, and Joe was putting me up once, twice a month, you know, I owe, I owe a lot to Joanna Downey and the comics that that helped me there, you know? Mike Wilmot and Debbie yeah. Bonnie and and all of these greats, you know? You know, Spirits is gone, but I hear that you know, the condo that's there in its place, you can go stand in the dumpster behind there and perform out of it. They used to do that <laughs> oh, yeah. at any any hour. So it's still a pretty oh, bustling scene in that area. It, it really was, though. I mean, you know, like as Ryan said, for when you were a young comic starting out, to get those invites from the late, great Joanna Downey, that was that was huge. That meant like, okay, I'm, I'm just this open micer and I'm doing something right. The right person's paying attention. Playing that stage really did always mean something. Uh, we got to go to break to uh, get a plug from our good friends at Patrick Hakeem Optical. We're going to come back with more of this full panel talking Toronto comedy and festival season right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, this is Ali Hassan. Uh, you're listening to Inside Jokes. I'd tell you a joke right now, but uh, it would be an inside joke. And uh, they don't let me outside. So uh, write your own joke, huh? I'm not here to spoon feed you. Do your own work. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on 640 Toronto and, of course, streaming not just Canada-wide, but everywhere on planet Earth where there's internet, you could stream this show on Global News Online. And you should, because Canadian comics are the best comics in the world. It just, we don't always realize that ourselves, but that's what this show is all about. Uh, we're talking the return of festival season, the reopening, and I would say in some ways, rebirth, really, of the Toronto comedy scene. Things are blowing back open again. Uh, we have a brand new festival taking over the city this month, the Toronto Comedy Festival. Full panel tonight, we got Garrett Jamison, Adrian Fish, Ryan Horwood, Ali Hassan, and before the break, we were sort of talking about how much the Toronto stand-up scene has changed. You know, a lot of those old heritage rooms, yes, they're gone, but we have these new clubs that are up. at Comedy Bar just celebrated their 10th anniversary the end of last year. Second venue opening up there. Second City's getting a new home. Uh, and there's a lot of these new independent clubs, like the Nothing Fancies, the Corner Comedy Club's new home. A lot of these places that have sort of become the new hubs for comedy in Toronto do you think we're looking at Toronto comedy differently finally? Because everybody always sort of just treated it as a pit stop in a lot of ways. It was like you would come up in whatever scene you're from, come to Toronto, get a handful of the few big festivals we have in this country, get your paperwork and go. And I think now, maybe the last two years did play a part in this. Now we seem to have more of an appreciation for 
building something here and living and working at home. And I think this festival is really a good showcase of what's happening right now. Well, I, I hope that's uh, true uh, for my standpoint, because I think, yeah, Canada doesn't know how to build uh, an industry like a, as part of um, like awards and that. Like a lot of times the awards and that will go to people who are already established, who, need, who don't need uh, any more promotion to gain followers. And they'll be usually uh, Canadians that have moved south type thing where yeah. they should be giving the awards to new upstart comics here in Canada and be like, oh my God, because my parents like watch the CBC, let's say, or all the, and they know who these people are. Yeah, so they love Ali Hassan, yeah. right? right? They're like, oh my God, you know Ali Hassan. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I know Ali. Like you just start, but like, it takes a long time to get your uh, your due, dil or due diligence, I guess. I don't know if that's the proper word. But America always... How about just your dues? dues? Let, let, yeah, just let no CBC... Uh, <laughs> let me put my journalist hat on here, uh, Garrett, yeah, and say but, dues might be the word that you're looking for. Yes, Ali Hassan from the, uh, the <laughs> Associated Press. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, and it kind of thinks back to... Uh, I, what, what year was it when Avatar was up against Hurt Locker? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and everyone thought that Avatar should have won, but they gave it to Hurt Locker. And I'm like, no, Kurt Locker's, that was the person's very first movie directed, uh, whereas James Cameron doesn't need the help selling any more movies. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. now they can put her name on the uh, award or upcoming movies, and people will be like, oh, this, this movie that was made by uh, an Academy Award winner. Uh, whereas James and the Cameron fact, is already just going to sell things. And the fact that Garrett doesn't remember her name is beside the point. That's not. By really the way, interesting about. fact it's, there: her and James Cameron were divorced. Her. So he that was a like that her exes. What? Yeah, that was exes. his wife, and she kicked his butt at the Oscars, which was kind of because it sounds he sounds like he's a bit of a dick. So uh, yeah. that was good. Anyways, Oscar. My, review, right there. my review of Avatar was always uh, it looked like somebody painted a Renoir on a piece of dog crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have to look up the definition of dog the Oscars crap. were more tame back then, by the way, too. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say that I felt too. like, um, you know, there are so many Toronto greats. There are so many um, Canadian greats uh, specifically. I know this is the Toronto Comedy Festival that we're promoing here. But yeah, you know, there's ton tons of incredible Canadian, like incredible Canadian comics that just don't get necessarily the recognition because they don't move south and because Canada doesn't have a star system um, and who lost was a star system. Well, you, you know, we don't know people in our own country. Um, we, know, yeah. we know people mm -hmm. in the state. Um, and so festivals like this, I think Garrett and Patrick Hakeem Optical, like, um, <laughs> you know, I think that's why these are so important to showcase um, such incredible Canadian talent. And just like you were saying about the you know, new types of rooms that are opening up, yeah, I mean, there's it's it's amazing. I mean, you got you got this bar now called Nothing Fancy, which is uh, where I'll be performing, and it's it's kind of what people are looking for. It's these small, intimate kind of rooms um, right. that allow the comics to really play with the audience, um, and the audience to play with the comic, you know. And and it's a uh, it's a nice symbiotic relationship that's created in these like small, intimate spaces, which is why yeah, I'm super stoked for these new new rooms that are opening up and then the old ones it's sad to see go but yeah man there's a toronto comedy or canadian comedy is is uh on the up and up yeah and you know hey. dean you were mentioning that you know this place toronto has been regarded as a pit stop for a lot of comics 
I mean, Garrett, you should you should actually ban comedians who tried to leave Canada. Didn't you do a, a summer in L.A.? You're off the bill. That's what <laughs> yeah, you yeah. should do. What about us? Done. What about us? Done. I, I remember when Hollywood was calling, begging for me to come. And I said, no, man, I'm at the Crown and Tiger basement tonight <laughs> and on Sunday. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to pull me away from that urine sulfur smell in that basement yeah. I, I'm wearing, I'm wearing oh, yeah. blood pants, the incense and, the blood pants and, and black mold breathing in the forest <laughs> yeah that was yeah for sure just want to take you guys on a little trip down memory lane huh yeah just a little oh, you forgot that basement Bring it back. i have never forgotten that basement no that will be etched into my sinuses for the rest of my days it is kind of you know it does really feel like not to be sort of like too precious about it, but it really does feel like Canadian comedy. And I think this festival is reflected of this and this city right now is reflected oh. of this, but re it really has become more of a community because people always look at stand-up as such a lone wolf thing. Like you're all just competing with each other and you're all about your own careers, but it really, you know, even going back before the, two year long thing that just happened. I don't want to try not to use the P word, but even going back before that, I mean, you look at the last few years in Canadian comedy, it's been kind of comics taking over the industry. We formed unions. We started lobbying the government saying, this is an art form. We should get funding. We started taking control of our own careers and, and acting more as a group. And comics just started going, why does there need to be gatekeepers? Why can't we start festivals? Why can't we start record labels? Why can't we do our own tours? And that's really what's been happening now. And you look at the stuff we are seeing on the big festivals and on network TV and all the stuff that's been picked up the last few years. This is all stuff that comics built themselves, really. I mean, that's the way the industry has changed. I mean, Ryan, I'll throw that to you. You came up sort of the OG way in Canadian comedy where you go and showcase for the festivals, you pound the pavement and do the road work, and you try and get into one of like those two or three avenues, and that's kind of it. Do things feel way more possible now, do you think? Well, I mean, when I first started, you looked in the back of a Now magazine or an, or an I or whatever the, the hell it was called to see if you could find a show, and it was a phone number. Yeah, I mean, you know, the best part is, is that people are able to skip the industry now. You know what I mean? If you want, I mean, with with the social media and how easy it is to grab an app that'll help you edit this and edit that. I think, you know, the kids who are good at it, my God, I I, oh, I, I, I just envy them because I didn't come up with it and I don't have a grasp of it. But I mean, honestly, if if some of us old guard you know, that have been around a while, want to put yourself in that next thing. You got to get good at it and you got to do it because that's how much of a part of the game it is today, you know, which is crazy. Because and that's you... the other thing, Ryan, the, like just to interrupt that, but uh, yeah, to bypass the industry, I think with social media now, you don't have to leave Toronto. You can stay yeah. in Toronto and bypass Hollywood, bypass New York. And so like these comics, they don't have to go anywhere. Like no. Nima, Nima Naz has a huge following. And it's yeah. all from Instagram and TikTok. Like, yeah. He, once you once you do that and you're coming to, to these former gatekeepers with like a million or two million followers, I mean, you're dictating things at that point. Because, you yeah. know, man, I heard, you know, there was a time where comedy shows were staying on the comedy network with an average viewership of 12,000 a week. Like staying on Canadian television with 12,000 people watching and getting another season. Yeah. And now you have somebody who's stepping in and I mean, you want to talk about, you know, these larger companies spending advertising dollars. I, I could leave it with uh, with somebody who's got two million on TikTok and his 30 second ad is, is going to see way more people than 12,000 viewers a week. So it's just a power shift completely, you know. Here's a it question I want to pose to the panel. Here's a question I want to pose yeah. to the panel. Because what we're talking about right now are two kind of generations of comedy. As a comedy lover, I like going out to the clubs. 
as we discussed. The uh, the small venue at, uh, atmospheres that, you know, comics bring an energy into that room and you need to be there in person to appreciate that, to take in that art form. But with this new generation of comedy of blowing up on social media, TikTok, Instagram, it's just a thumb tap of a like. Does that generate to people actually coming out? Will that generation of comedy leave their house or put their phone down to go see it live? Because to them, it's an instant fix and gratitude of liking something, commenting, and that's it. You got I mean, I don't think uh, they're all built the same way, right, Vince? I mean, if you, yeah. Nima Naz is a great example of somebody who built an audience on social media and then he's there. He's at the corner. He's at yep. the comedy he's bar. That's he's what out. I love about Nima. Yes, of yeah. course, 100%. But Nima and, was a bona fide stand-up before he started that. Totally. He tapped into a whole new market. That's right. Social media and then up. you also have on the other side, you have people who only do, and I've watched this with my own eyes, um, people who only do stuff on web and their greatest skill is two things. They're editing and their consistency. That's what they're yeah. amazing at. Their hustle in that way. But then when they get on stage, they're like, oh, I don't know, people were, weren't really into it. Because that's you have a, a grand total of 15 minutes of experience, man. Like that, that exactly. kind of so moving forward, I mean, are comedy clubs gonna be a dying breed? I mean, are, are people still gonna be going out to watch this live? Doesn't, live doesn't look like it, Vince. Doesn't I, I don't like think it. so. We already have a few comedy clubs opening up in this city. Yeah. I think, if anything, people are starved for comedy, not only as audience members, but during the pandemic, people realize what's important to them. And I think a lot of people is chasing their dream, whether they're hobbyist comedians or wanting to become professional comedians, they're going to be more comedy and more comedy shows. We're gonna come back with more of our full house right here on Inside Jokes, brought to you by our good friends at Patrick Hakeem Optical. Hey, this is Garrett Jameson. Uh, you're listening to Inside Jokes. Uh, I have a joke for you, but I'll tell you that on the next plug. You want to do another one? No, I, that's fine. That's fine. That's good. That's all I got. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto and, of course, coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Network. Brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. How about that? We are talking the Toronto Comedy Festival, which hits stages in the city this month. 64 comics over three days. It is sort of a who's who of what's happening in Toronto comedy and in Canadian comedy right now. We're also just talking about the return of stand-up in this city and how the how the scene is changing. I think the interesting thing is, you know, it is it is crazy that Toronto being the hub that it is, that we've never seen a festival like this happen before. I mean, we do have, we have fests here. I mean, we have Fringe Fest and Sketch Fest and and all that stuff. But I mean, our only real comedy festival here is JFL 42. And that's, I mean, that's just sort of an off branch of the, you know, Montreal mothership. It's funny too, because festivals like that in Canada, JFL being of course, always the big elephant in the room, but festivals like that in Canada are always really geared towards showcasing to industry. So it's a lot of agents and bookers and network heads and a lot of Americans, a lot of Canadians playing the stage at JFL and JFL 42. They're really trying to showcase themselves for American comics and American bookers, how much, how important was it? And I mean, I'll throw that to you first, I guess, Garrett. How important was it to have a festival that really is just about Toronto comics themselves and has 
what the flavor of this city actually is in it. Cause GFL 42 could kind of happen anywhere, really. Yeah. So I was asked a question by uh, Mill and Curry Sharples. Uh, like we we're talking Woo! about possibly, yeah, filming uh, showcases in the future. And he's like, what makes your festival different than other festivals? Like it, all these people are on other festivals and that. And plus this is in Toronto. Why would people want to come out to see these guys when they can see any Toronto comedian any day of the week? And then and Garrett like, opened a window and jumped out of it. I, yeah, yeah. I, luckily, I was only on the first floor. Yeah. <laughs> it was a basement. I had to crawl up. I, I hate you, Millen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I like, so with this particular festival, what is really cool about the Toronto comedy scene is the Toronto comedy scene is the Canadian comedy scene. And it's because so many comics from, like, I'm not from this city. Uh, Patrick's not from this city. Most people that I meet doing comedy in the city aren't from here. So this is the Canadian comedy scene. Also, uh, the interesting thing about the Toronto comedy scene is so many venues are so unique. Um, and people usually end up going to theaters or like larger venues to see comedy in the city, where in the future, uh, we want to bring them, and we're doing it now in a microcosm, uh, to bring them to unique venues that people can see uh, kind of the Toronto comedy scene in action. Um, and yeah, I think it would be a cool, cool thing if we continue this to really bring unique kind of galas or showcases uh, in the unique venues that people perform in, like the breweries, uh, or even at the top of the CN Tower, I want to put on a show up there. The <laughs> highest comedy show ever, right? Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, and I like I started here uh, like I'm from Winnipeg, but I started doing comedy in Toronto and I love this city. I love it so much. Like I'm almost getting emotional just saying how much I love it. Uh, yeah, it's the most friendliest people. Um, it's got a small town atmosphere like people in other cities have to drive to their grocery store in Toronto. People walk. So it has yeah. it's a large city, but it's a small town as well. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And I can't wait to showcase or show people of Toronto how beautiful their city actually is. Well, and it is funny, like, yeah, because Toronto has that whole thing where it's sort of, you know, our New York light, like, especially now the clubs that we're seeing are those very New York style, intimate little rooms where, you know, it's the comics are feeding off this energy of like 40 people in this enclosed little sort of intimate space, which I think is really important that sort of changes the flavor of this city too. But it's kind of funny, you sort of those comics who came from other cities and started here, Toronto becomes your comedy hometown. I mean, I, same with me. I wasn't from here, but this is where I started stand-up. I eventually stopped stand-up in this city, too. That was my contribution to Canadian comedy. You're all welcome for that. Uh, but <laughs> this is where I started. I mean, Ryan, you were you you came up in this city. And I, I mean, I'm sure you all remember those early shows you would do where you would you know, you would see the comics that we all grew up watching on Canadian TV that we would see on the galas. You know, you would see like the the Mike Wilmots and the Ron Jameses and the Kate Davids and all these people. And you'd get on the bill with these people because they're just there like working on some new seven minutes or whatever they're doing. But you'd want to go up and talk to them and, and hang out oh. next to them in the green room and pick their brains. Now that you are the comics who have been around for generations now and you are sort of the new inheritors of Canadian comedy, is that important for you when there's new open micers? Do you kind of pay attention to what's going on and do you like to talk to them and sort of pass on what you know at this point? Sort of, you know, whatever I can do uh, to help, of course I will, because I think one of the things that's kind of lost today, maybe the scene, a little bit more than it should be, and I think the old uh, curmudgeons would agree with me, is that uh, 
you know, we stuck around and watched a headliner because I can leave and try and grab another couple five minute sets at some garbage shows, or I could just sit down and watch. Hey, some that's the Toronto comedy scene you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. stick around and watch a headliner because, you know, I, I, I learned so much. I, I put all my eggs in a basket that ended up closing early. You know, 20-something years ago, I started doing a lot of shows with Laugh Resort before it closed. But when yeah. I was there, I got to watch Deborah Di Giovanni and all sorts of amazing comics every night. And every night I stuck around. I was, I was never headlining, obviously, but I stuck around and watched all of them. And I think, uh, I think God, you know, kids they they're losing by not doing it stick around and watch your headliners and build relationships it's important it is true there is a certain you know etiquette that used to be there i mean before we go to break i remember doing that when i came to this city i used to go with christina walkinshaw to different shows that she'd be on and i i knew i was like i've done like two sets i'm like doing these open mics i knew that those were shows that i would have to work my way up towards i didn't go up to the booker and go okay how do i get on this show I would, I just watched the show. I knew that I was nowhere near there yet. So I would just go and sort of watch these things happen. And I think that sort of old way of doing things of working your way up to a certain stage and just, and, and taking it in first before you try to be a part of it. That's sort of, we've lost some of that for sure. But anyways, before we start getting to, you know, Grand Torino, get off my lawn, old man style here, <laughs> we're going to go back to commercial for more Patrick Hakeem optical. And we'll come back and wrap it up with our panel right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, my name is Brian Horwood, and you're listening uh, to me say the words uh, inside jokes on AM640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Patrick Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. And then a two-year gap where we weren't able to do that, but now, now we can do that. Live comedy is a thing again. We are talking the return, and I would say in some ways, sort of rebirth of Toronto comedy. Uh, live shows are back. There's new clubs, new stages happening all over the city. It is a vibrant scene again. We're coming back from sort of a two-year hibernation period, let's say. And of course, the Toronto Comedy Festival, first year ever, first time a festival like this has happened in this city. 64 comics, multiple stages over three days, right here in the six. We got Garrett Jamison, Adrian Fish, Ali Hassan, and Ryan Horwood on the panel. Vince, our producer, you were saying during commercial break, you want to uh, fact check a couple of the things that we've mentioned in the panel so far what's yes earlier on the show the her you guys were referencing that beat out james cameron for the oscar ah yes Catherine bigelow Catherine, Catherine bigelow. bigelow directed the hurt locker 2009 it debuted right here toronto international film festival there yeah, we go. you got that you got that you monsters stop calling her james cameron's ex for yeah. i never said james cameron's ex oh, i didn't, didn't, know, that I didn't mean, mention james her name cameron. is Catherine bigelow keep his wife's name out your effing mouth um uh, <laughs> the next one on the list uh i think it was ryan that mentioned it i magazine and now magazine i magazine i magazine i magazine's final publication was in 2011 now magazine just filed for bankruptcy in 2022 when right now yeah 2022 now magazine but it was now? purchased so the ownership of now which is still in publication is purchased by media central corp so it's still out there but it's just on a new ownership that sounds and, vaguely evil yeah 
the corp. Uh, Alex comment, Batano's Pizzeria has the best panzerinis in the cities. Check them out. There we go. Oh, I knew that oh. was coming. I knew that was going to be in there somewhere peppered in. I do remember. Tondo's Optical. I, <laughs> I do remember it was. Yeah, now you would look in the listings and now, Meg, or you would go to Joel Buxton's old blog, which then was this became the stand-up community before it was just a garbage fire of infighting and self-imploding which i think by the way we've become a much healthier scene again after all this there's none of that stuff anymore it's a very kumbaya thing <laughs> happening now because for a while there it was a little bit dicey i don't know but i remember yeah you would go to all those listings and basically read buxton's blog and go okay these are what shows are not canceled right now and you can go hit those up that's how it used to be and then you know what it also meant is that nine times out of ten you had to go to that show you had to yeah. say hi you know what I mean? And most of the time it meant that you were sticking around, sitting in the audience for at least a show. But then if you're running that show, that guy gets a spot later and that's how it worked. You know what I mean? And it's not this like faceless, I've never met you message where people expect to get on a show and you've never even, you know, we've never met, you know, make an effort. So some yeah, of that's true. Make an effort. Yeah. <laughs> when I was starting at the Comedy Works in Montreal, that was the I would watch Mike Patterson. I don't know how well you know Mike Patterson, but um, Mike Patterson talks like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, yeah. Uh, like so, people would come and ask him for advice. He was a veteran on the scene. Yeah, just keep doing it. Yeah, for sure. And then they would be like, I'm about to go on, Mike. Do you think you could watch my set? You know what? I'm not gonna do that. But good luck, man. It was always like super positive, but also had his line, and I was like. Like, this is great this is like you're encouraging but not to the point that you're like sure everybody just monopolize my time like i have no other life to live but it's you true it's in your hands at the end of the day right like ryan mike, you're there's so much learning you can do just by observing also when you're, you're mike starting. mike wilmot would make a point to not use your name for the first couple of years that he knew you because yeah. Because he would say something like, I don't know if you're going to stick around. I'm not going to learn your name. And yeah. if he started using your first name, you were like, God damn it, Mike believes in me, you know? That's yeah. true. Yeah, it was always kid or young gun or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Remember, I was grabbing him a beer once and bringing it back to the table. And he said, thanks, Ryan. And I nearly fell over. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you graduate to conversations with Mike, which are basically just you in a hostage situation, hoping somebody <laughs> will come along and also talk so you can slip out. You're like, this is what I wanted, but it's also so uncomfortable. I can't get what you wish for. Yeah. 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 Master class. You can't hit pause on. Because... Exactly. Exactly. Right. That is true. All right. Before we wrap it up, I want to grab everybody's socials where we can find you all. And of course, the deets on this festival will go around. Garrett Jameson, where can we get tickets for this festival and find it online? All that good stuff. Uh, you can go to the torontocomedyfestival.com. Uh, go to shows and performers uh, where you can find Ali Hassan doing the best of. Uh, that kicks off on the 27th at 7 p.m. at Comedy Bar. You can also check out the Headliner Series uh, with Adrian Fish uh, at 10 p.m. at Nothing Fancy. Uh, I'm also on the Headliner Series uh, for the very last show of the, uh, the fest. Uh, it's kind of like a little triumph ret triumphant return. Uh, and uh, it, yeah, it's, uh, I'm really excited to perform there. Get her in there, boy. Get her in there, boy. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Ryan Horwood, where can we find you online, sir? Uh, comedian Ryan Horwood on Instagram. And uh, just a, a quick May 20th in North Bay at New Ontario Brewing, we're doing a show. And, uh, and we got Nigel Grinstead and Bobby Knuff on that. In New Ontario Brewing, another brewery, fantastic beer up there in North. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to just give a quick shout out. I just got done headlining my first week at Absolute Toronto, and uh, they're fantastic there. So go see a show at Absolute when you can. 
Excellent. There we go. That's right. The clubs are back. They're wide open again. Last but certainly not least, our good friend Ali Hassan. Where can we find you, sir, on this can, festival, of course? Yeah, you can find me at uh, Adrian Fishy Fish because Fishy Fish 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 <laughs> was taken. So I was – no, it's Stand Up Ali. Stand Up Ali is the website. It's the Instagram. It's the Twitter. It's everything. You can check out my upcoming dates. They're sort of shaping up for the summer. It looks like it'll be a nice, fun summer. There we go. There, yeah. boys. Everybody, everybody deserves a fun summer in Canadian comedy. That is our panel. Thank you so much to our guests. Don't forget, check out the inaugural Toronto Comedy Festival this month right here in the city. That is our show. You can listen to all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. This week's Comedy Rx is Ali Hassan. I have four kids. I love three of them. You know, it's not a law. It's not a law. You don't have to love them all. That... The three-year-old is just a, it's a piece of trash. You know, he's not, he's not lovable yet. That's not my fault. That's on him, you know? What I left today was him yelling the words, what the heck, like a hundred times. That's what I left. Started with what the hell. He was yelling the words, what the hell, in the house. That's the day of the word. And we were like, no, that's not a good look for a three-year-old. You don't say what the hell. Well, what should I say then? You could shut up for a little while. What do you think about that? <laughs> shut your mouth? No, not an option. So I said, if you have to say something, what the heck? And so then on the weekend, I have like three bags of groceries in each hand coming in the door. Oh, what the heck are you doing here? No, that's not where that goes, all right? I'm, you don't make me feel insecure about entering my own home. That's not how this... I pay a mortgage, dude, okay? This is not... And what the heck is better than what the hell? And what the hell is better than the last word of the day, which lasted for about four months, which was butthole. <laughs>